Hello everyone and welcome to the Eurohoop Pods Final Four edition. We have the Euroleague Final Four coming up this Thursday, this upcoming Thursday and Saturday in Belgrade, Serbia. We have the two semi-final games in Thursday and the final on Saturday uh, for the first time ever, I think. It's usually Friday and uh, and Sunday, so Euroleague made the change in the direction. So we are having a special edition of Eurohoops podcast with yours faithfully, Adonis Trogilakis, and coming from Turkey, Bura Uzar. Merhaba, Bura. Hello, Antonis. And uh, Adigoni Zahari, my usual co-host. Hello, Adigoni. Hello there. And uh, Alex, uh, Madrid, Madrid, of course. You, you know why I always find <laughs> to say to say it right. I mean, I mean seriously. Uh, hola, Alex. Hola. <laughs> How you doing, guys? And uh, we're going to talk about uh, the two semi-final games, of course. Olympiacos against Anadolu FS, the first semi-final, and then the big Clásico. Real Madrid against uh, Barcelona. These two teams uh, faced each other already in the 2014 uh, final, so semi-final, excuse me. So we have a rematch of the 2014 semi-final, basically. Uh, also 13, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, also it, was, faced, it was yeah. in 2013. The last time was in 2014, and there were many players especially from Real, who played in uh, in both games, and uh, one player who played there from Real, but is now playing yeah. for <laughs> But we will uh, analyze all these things uh, now for all of our uh, listeners, uh, guys and girls. Uh, remember Thursday and Saturday, the Final Four in the grade with fans once again. This will be a sight to see, a sight to behold, because... Uh, Last year, because of the whole ugliness of the coronavirus situation, we didn't have any fans in Cologne, but now the fans are back in Belgrade and are expected to be mostly wearing red and white colors. But first, let's go to the semi-final and uh, to you, Bura, because, you know, uh, as I was checking uh, the, the quotes that uh, coaches, uh, players of the Final Four teams were making, uh, you know, over the last uh, couple of uh, of days and uh, maybe the last couple of months. Well, it usually happens with this particular coach, but uh, truly Ergin Ataman uh, was saying something uh, that I, I never heard, honestly, any other coach uh, saying. I, I was hearing and uh, reading Ergin Ataman always talking about the rematch of last season's championship game against Barcelona. He's not saying uh, almost anything about the semi-final game against Olympiacos, unless he's asked about it. Uh, but he's focused and he has he's locked in on the final against Barcelona already. We know that uh, this guy is probably the most confident uh, basketball-related person in Europe. But, uh, I mean, uh, honestly, Bura, uh, do you find it as weird as I do that Erkin Ataman is already talking about the final? Uh, in some way, yes, and in other way, no. <laughs> uh, yes, because you know it's weird because uh, his team has a match. Uh, he's going to face a really, really tough opponent, and uh, you know these kind of games we never know uh, which team will win. Uh, especially it's a one game, uh, and some player can call, catch a fire and kill the other team. Uh, but in other way, I wasn't surprised because, you know, we're talking about Ergin Ataman. He always uh, does things like that. 
you always say a lot of things uh, that other coaches cannot say uh, because of uh, uh, this thing in the European basketball. Nobody wants to make a, a big statement. Uh, for example, a player can score 40 points and he says, uh, yes, my teammates put me in the position and I scored the ball. We are a great team, etc. But Ataman can say <laughs> everything. Uh, and, you know, it's it's not a surprise for me because he has a real fire in, in him against Barcelona, uh, especially after the game uh, that they played in the Palau, uh, the game that he got ejected. Uh, you know, he put that on his mind and he's looking forward to meet with the Barcelona. Of course, it's not easy. Olympiacos is a really strong team. And I don't know what uh, is he telling to his players because, you know, uh, focusing the final game could cause a lot of problems uh, in the uh, in the semifinal game. And Olympiacos all, has all the talents uh, that uh, can, uh, you know, push them a lot. Yeah, I know. Maybe it's just for the show. I mean, I, I don't really think that, uh, you know, during practices, he tells his players, you know, forget Olympiacos. He only focuses on Barcelona. We have scouted Barcelona. We, we don't care at all about Olympiacos. I don't think that this is seriously yeah. happening. Maybe he, he put uh, the pictures of uh, Saras and the other guys to the, you know, training court. And okay, for motivation against Olympiacos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it would seem weird to say, you know, uh, this is how you defend uh, Nicolathis and then by, to a player that has to guard the Portos Lucas first. So, because priorities first, you know. So, yes. anyway, it's a bit... But, uh, guys, it's a really weird approach. It's like he doesn't really care about uh, bad luck or everything else. I see him playing the final and touching the trophy before the game and everything that is related <laughs> to bad luck, you know. It's crazy. <laughs> Uh, well, he's he's a special coach, but uh, Alex, since since you uh, since you joined uh, this combo, uh, uh, I'd like to ask you: uh, did, Is this kind of talk, you know, uh, happening in a similar manner in uh, Spain? And what I'm I, I want to to know about is uh, since Barcelona has a pretty good streak against Real Madrid, the last time uh, actually Real Madrid won in this uh, in this battle of the big Spanish rivals was in the in the Spanish Super Cup final back in September, yeah. if I remember correctly. And since then, Barcelona won all the ACB matches. Uh, they won the Copa del Rey final. They won in EuroLeague. They won everything. So is there a similar sentiment in Spain that uh, Barcelona is a lock for the championship game? No. no. Just like that, because nobody will talk about the final here in Spain. Nobody. Uh, I don't know if because of... Well, the it makes sense. Yeah, it's a classical. Yeah. Yeah, it's a classical. They, they don't really trust Real Madrid, especially after the last, uh, probably the last month. They are playing much better. I think it's nine victories in a row. So they they arrived to the final four in a better streak. So they don't really trust uh, Real Madrid. They, I feel it's like 55, 45% for the final. But but if you ask a lot of Spanish news uh, reporters, they would, they would tell you, okay, maybe... Uh, Barcelona is not that favorite as many think many people will think, you know. So uh, probably in Spain they are uh, not that confident that uh, an FS uh, Barcelona rematch will be will be happening. Adigoni, uh, Olympiacos seems to be out of this of this drama in a way right now. I mean, <laughs> he, he seems to mind uh, the the team seems to mind their own business. I mean, okay, that they they finished they completed their obligations of the Greek league. They consider themselves uh, the underdogs, so they are pretty aware of this of this big discussions, right? 
Yeah, and you know, that's the, the best mentality to have at this point of the season because you don't want to have more pressure into you. You already have a lot, you know, to play for in the final four. If you keep adding pressure, it just, you know, it's kind of the opposite of what uh, the thing has been for uh, Ergin Athaman and FS, uh, that they are so hyped about the final that if something already. goes bad, you know, it will... It will just crash. And, you know, for Olympiacos, I think that uh, getting into the final four was already a big step. You know, of course, they are the underdogs. And uh, bearing in mind that their roster is uh, pretty new, they're, the guys are just uh, starting to get together. Besides, obviously, the experienced guys on the team, Costas Lucas, Costas Papenkolau, Jorgios Prin disease. Uh, the rest of the guys haven't had even the chance to, you know, uh, get to that stage with the rest of the team. It's their, it's a first for many players in Olympiacos, uh, and you know, to find this chemistry and compete is going to be a huge step for them, and they need to be motivated, and especially against an FS team that has a group a group of guys that have been playing together for so many years, uh, so much experience in that team. Uh, it's kind of a big contrast there. All this experience, these guys that went for the championship last year, facing the underdogs of this year's tournament. I think it's a pretty exciting semi-final that we've got here. Yeah, and uh, FS, as you said, the, the same team over, over all those years. I mean, since 2019, there were few, few significant changes on the roster. These are the same guys that uh, went to the final in 2019, and then they won it all in 2021. So, Burak, to, to the FS thing, we talked about uh, how, ma how much experienced are these guys. But it's quite possible that next season's FS won't be the same, right? I mean... I'm looking at the roster of the team and I'm seeing some uh, some really veteran players. I mean, I, I remember I asked Brad Daston last season in the Final Four something about the, the oldest guys on the team and he was a bit <laughs> touched about it. He, he, I remember he corrected me and he was uh, uh, right to do so. And he said, that, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say old, he said. I would say veteran guys. <laughs> so I'm using this word veteran now about him, about uh, Kurno Simon. Other guys are on uh, on uh, finishing contracts, and uh, of course, the two best players of the team, Vasily Mitic and Sen Larkin. Every single summer, there's always the danger of these two players leaving uh, from the NBA, most likely, and this is the big danger for Vasily Mitic. So, is there also this uh, sentiment on FS that this is the last chance to accomplish something, to accomplish the repeat right now with this group? Uh, yes, uh, for sure we can say that. Uh, and in, uh, I was really surprised that they kept all the roster after they won all, everything last year because uh, they had some gaps, uh, you know, they had some gaps and they should have changed something, especially in the big guy rotation after they lost uh, Serta Chandler. Uh, but, you know, at this uh, season, uh, things didn't go well for FS. Most, at the first half of the season, they lost a lot, a lot of games that they should have won and they had some problems inside the team uh, between players between players and the coach you know there were some play uh, there were some uh, problems 
we can say definitely there were some problems and you know at the middle of the season we were thinking that okay they are done you know uh, playoffs are really uh, not realistic target for them they are done now they are finished but uh, at some point they made the, they turned the switch back on you know they are uh, one of the two best players of the Euroleague right now and they played really great uh, but uh, at this summer, I'm expecting uh, big changes from FS. Uh, I'm not seeing them resigning some veteran players. Players, I'm not uh, expecting them to, you know, continue with the same strategy because you know they are finished right now. It's really mentally and physically, it's really hard to play uh, all seasons in this level and going all to final four to final games. You know, losing one. Uh, Cancelling the season after and then winning it all. It's mentally really tough, physically really tough. And, you know, they are going to play their last dance in this Final Four. And at the summer, I'm expecting really big changes from them. And uh, maybe either one of Larkin and Mitzic uh, could leave also. Burak, what I wanted to ask you about the FS, you said they have the, their ups and downs during the season. When, they, when the time of the playoffs came, uh, they had the Olympia Milano. An Olympia Milano team that had actually won uh, the two regular season games, and they faced them without having the home court advantage, but they got the win in Milan, and then they got the two wins at home to advance. Now Milano had had several problems. They had absences. They had the COVID issues. They were missing. Um, uh, they didn't have Nicolo Melli in Istanbul. Uh, do you think that uh, we can uh, you, you, we can judge the first performance from this series because? FS, you know, it wasn't like they dominated against Milano. They, they finished the job, but they struggled and they struggled against a, a, a type of Milano physical defense that I can easily see Olympiacos implementing. You know, Milano had, uh, had the, the right big men to switch against uh, Larkin and Mitic. I am talking about Kyle Hines mainly, who was, you know, one defense on his own. And Olympiacos also likes to play this kind of switching defense. They have the Olympiacos also has the big guys uh, that can switch against uh, you know shorter players against faster players. So, do you think that um, is uh, to, to put it simply, is the type of basketball that the first played against Milano enough to to win also the semi final? Uh, no, no, they should improve their their you know basketball style. Because against Milano, as you mentioned, they had a lot of absences. They had really big problems during the series. Mele got injured. You know, Dotome couldn't play, and then they lost. Uh, you know, their guy to injuries. So it was really tough for FS. Everybody, uh, including me, thought that they it's it was going to be a clean sweep after the first game. But yeah. it could easily uh, be a five-game series. Because Milano fight really, really well. Kudos to them. Uh, you know, even though they had some absences, they didn't give up the fight. And in fact, they were uh, leading in some kind of uh, in the fourth quarters. So it was not easy for FS, but it was a great test for them. They saw that nothing is easy. They saw that defending championship is harder than winning a championship. And this was a really good series for FS because they learned how to fight again. You know, uh, in, at that level, FS uh, was not fighting at that level during the regular season. But at the playoffs, they saw that they uh, need to improve their game. 
And against Olympiacos, for sure, they, are, they need to improve their game also because, as you said, Olympiacos likes to play switching defense and they have uh, the full roster right now. Mora, yes. Mora, just one point. Uh, you said that you expected a, a 3 nil in the, in the series. Uh, what we know after another uh, incredible playoff series is we can't make predictions because uh, yeah. I believe... Yeah, seriously. Probably except uh, the Olympiacos one... Uh, the rest of the, of the playoff series were kind of crazy. We couldn't predict that that style of play, that style of, of results, you know? Alex, to be honest with you, and Adigoni can confirm this, uh, I, was, I, was, uh, I, was, I was a firm believer that uh, there's no way that Maccabi can, uh, can win the series against the Al Madrid. And to be honest with you, I thought well, that anyone who would believe that, including Adigoni, sorry Adigoni, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You were a strong advocate for that. I, I, I couldn't see Maccabi uh, taking a game in Madrid. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, it's impossible for Maccabi. I, I don't care how much they have improved. I don't care that they made the playoffs. They can't take a game in Madrid. But I remember, yes. I remember saying in, uh, before the second game, I was uh, there in the wishing center. I, I told uh, our friend Mose Barda, uh, the one who wins this game uh, will win the series. And I think Real Madrid won by, by 30 points, 35. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was easy for Real. But, uh, Bura, to return to you um, and to, to, to ask you basically something, you know, to close the first chapter, uh, there was a lot of discussion about, uh, you know, uh, some problems that the FS uh, might have with Kronoslav, Simon and Rodrik Bobua specifically, who also missed the playoffs. And uh, they are, I don't, I don't know their status ahead of the Final Four, you can enlighten us with that. But, you know, here in Greece, uh, this whole discussion about the first abscesses, to be honest with you, many people think that uh, Ergina Taman is, um, I'm going to say it like this, uh, many people believe that Ergina Taman is bullshitting people, that FS doesn't have any problems, and yeah. that uh, they will uh, present a, a full roster in the, semi, in the semi-final. So can you enlighten us with this situation? Well, uh, about Simon and Boboa, as you said, they didn't play in the playoffs. They didn't play against Karshiaka in the Turkish League playoffs. And, you know, that series is 1-1 right now. It's even and it's going to be uh, best of three. So, and, the, FS... and, you know, and there's also, and, you know, uh, Karsiyaka is a bad demon for, uh, for FS. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they are really talented players. And uh, why would uh, Ataman uh, could risk his season in order to save his playoff, in order to, you know, hide? Uh, Very right. Players? Yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, I, I can say that Simon and Boboa have injuries. Uh, I, I'm expecting them to play in this uh, Final Four. But if it was a regular season game, I, probably they wouldn't play. Uh, only if it's because Final Four they are going to play. And I'm not expecting them to play big minutes. Uh, they can play 10 minutes, uh, most likely 15 minutes. But that's it. And we know how important Simon and Boboa to FS, especially Bobo, because yeah, Simon, yeah, yes. I would say that they were equally important last season, but this season it's uh, you know Bobo's importance is far more significant. Yes, I was going to just uh, I was going to say that, uh, and Bobo is really important to, uh, to them. They really missed him against Milano. Yeah, uh, so they are going to play. They are not uh, they're bad, but they are not full. I can say that. And uh, about Larkin and Mitic. 
of course they have some uh, small injuries but uh, which player doesn't uh, have injury right at this point of the season <laughs> it's a really long season for them. especially fatigue injuries yeah yes yes so they're going to play but fs is not uh, 100% right now i can totally say that and ataman i give credit in that uh, to ataman Yeah, and uh, Boboa, Boboa is important, you know, even, even his presence on the floor and when it comes to, to relieving uh, Vasily Mitic and Say Larkin for some of the pressure they face against opposing guards, even that, even his presence, another threat on the floor next to these guys is important. I mean, Boboa can stand on the floor doing nothing and he's important because someone else for uh, the opposing defense to pay attention to. So yeah, one quick thing, one quick yeah. thing to add. You know, Kashyaka is killing Shane Lycan right now. They are putting him to hell. So why would Ataman, uh, you know, say Boba and risk Larkin at this point of the season? Do you have any? Do, do you see any defensive tactics that you can say to Tigorgos Barzokas? I mean, pray to God. Pray to God. Kashyaka's playbook. I'm pretty sure that that he has thoroughly analyzed these games. I mean, uh, yeah, for sure. For for sure. Say. Speaking for of sure. all, I can, all I can say, pray yeah. to God and uh, not expect Larkin to catch fire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Adigoni. Speaking of uh, Olympiacos, we know that uh, well. Knock on wood, because we want all teams to be fully healthy on this final. For Olympiacos, we'll have a full roster, and Olympiacos will have something that. No other team in the Final Force is going to have. And I'm talking about a massive fan presence. I'm talking about thousands, over thousands, over thousands of the Goni, right? Indeed. It's almost like the Olympiakos is going to play to play in their own home court. And you know what? With uh, how this regular season has gone so far and the playoffs, uh, with how important home court has been for Olympiakos, I think this gives them so much uh, so much boost and this is a team that can feed off the energy of the fans and definitely having their fan base in Belgrade will be an extremely important factor uh, in the semi-final and you know many t- uh, most of the teams will also have uh, a strong presence there with the fans uh, you cannot rule out Turkish fans they are pretty big on basketball. Yes, but let's but be honest. Yeah. We are FS fans, not Fener fans. No disrespect to FS fans, but it's not the same. Yeah, sure. Sure. And, you know, just the thing that Turkish people really love basketball and support their teams. That's what I had in mind. But definitely Olympiakos is a true winner in this uh, particular part because uh, having the fans by your side not only gives you the confidence, it gives you the energy. And many Olympiacos players uh, in uh, the press conferences and interviews uh, before the Final Four have mentioned fans and how their energy will uh, give them, you know, the support they need. So really important factor there. So, you know, just to keep that in mind. If you remember the last uh, Final Four that was hosted in Belgrade, Fenerbahce took uh, like eighty uh, percent of the of the arena, but actually I think they felt pressure because of that uh, atmosphere. You know, uh, it was uh, it's something that can be in your favor, but as well can be a, a bit dangerous. You know, Alex I, and Bura will agree with that. In two thousand seventeen, 
Fener felt zero pressure from the fans. Well, why, yeah, why yeah, that's true, that's true, yeah, yeah. Quite <laughs> the contrary, trust me on this. Yes. I remember, I remember Fenerbahce, uh, the Fenerbahce players entering the floor for the game and the whole arena is chanting champion, champion, and I'm like, they are not losing this one. There's no way they're losing this one. This was not pressure. This was uh, like like another player playing with the team, like another superstar playing with the team. Uh, of course, it's uh, Olympiacos won't be playing in Pisa Friendship Arena, but uh, the, the, the Olympiacos fans will be noisy and they will be noisy enough to, to overpower all other fans when it comes to, to shouting, chanting, songs and whatever. By the way, Alex, uh, yeah. how many, how many, approximately, how many fans are expected from uh, Real or Barcelona in the, in the final four? Well, it's difficult. Uh, you know, the connection from from Spain to Belgrade to Serbia is quite difficult. Also, uh, the games being in, in Thursday uh, make them probably a stay in, in here in Spain. So I know Real Madrid won't sell all the all the tickets for the that were considered to the team for the for the final four. And I, I think Barcelona will take more, more fans than Real. But uh, I have to check it because they are still uh, yeah. selling some of them. You know, at, at Barcelona, Barcelona is in a, in a kind of a weird situation when it comes to, you know, I remember asking the Rocas Yokubaitis this during the, the winter and after Barcelona was eliminated in the, the Champions League, in the, in yeah. the football Champions League. And uh, I asked him if... Um, uh, do you consider yourselves that uh, you are now responsible for giving some joy to, to the fans now mm. that, that, that the football team it has managed to reach its goals? And Barcelona also did manage to do that in La Liga, right? Yeah. So uh, this is the same thing. They, they are relying to the, to the basketball team to, to, to celebrate this season. So speaking yeah. about... The, yeah. Tell they, me. Actually, I think they, uh, they feel it's their moment. Uh, they were so yeah. close last season, uh, and now uh, there's a common feeling that it's now or even never, you know, because uh, if you lose um, a Final Four three times in a row, being probably the, the best, well, I won't say the best team, but probably the favorite team. Uh, By far the favorite. Yeah, so I remember Real Madrid losing two Final Fours, actually two Finals, and then winning it, but uh, it's not that easy to compete in three Final Fours, being the, probably one of the favorites. And also and then, Real Madrid played at home in the third Final Four. Yeah, and, yeah, that's true. Uh, probably if they if they play in Piraeus, for example, will have been different, yeah. Uh, um, and um, it's not only, it wasn't only that, and that Real team also had some slight modifications. They had Anders Nozioni, the MVP coming that season. Yeah, actually, Madrid, it's the, they the had, change they, they made Rivers, with Mirotic. They had Gustavo Aguillon, they had three players who turned out to be they weren't among the team's superstars, but turned out to be X-Factors, and they were signed before that season. Yeah, yeah, true. And uh, as I was telling you, uh, uh, Chapu was the one that came to Real Madrid uh, when uh, Nicola Mirotic left. So yeah. I think the, the case of Nico is, uh, is uh, special because uh, he has that, uh, I would say, environment around him that... Um, says that he's not a winning guy i actually feel that it's totally different and it's probably his time he needs to show up in belgrade and uh, being that guy that finally wins a final four 
So uh, you would agree that uh, for Barcelona, uh, right now Barcelona has to deal with the pressure of being uh, yeah, yeah, the, for the sure. Favorite, the, the, this uh, championship or bust yeah. situation. But you know, Alex, one thing that uh, I have been um, well, I, in every time, every time I watch Barcelona this season, every game I watch them, and especially during the playoff series against Bayern Munich, it looked like to me that they are still are not playing. Um, you know, to their maximum level, according to the to the to the strength of the roster, that uh, this roster yeah. hasn't touched its potential. You know, they got the results they wanted. They finished first in the regular season, after all. You know, yeah, they, they made the playoffs. They yeah. made the playoffs. They won the playoffs. But they were never they were never really that team. You know, that dominates. And even in game five, it was it was a close game for one half. And uh, honestly, yeah. Bayern down the stretch was. Two or three plays away from making it a thriller again. Yeah, for sure. But uh, they weren't convinced. Remember that we we are talking about a team that accomplished everything we asked them, except probably the Super Cup. But you know, uh, they finished first in the ACB. They also finished first in the Euroleague. They won the the Copa del Rey, and we also asked them asked them to to play to play well. They had uh, probably their peak during the. The months of January, February, probably when Cody Higgins got injured, uh, some players like you, you, you saw, you said his name uh, before, Rokas Jokubaiti, so up, and uh, even with Nikola Mirotic, they played probably their best basketball of the season. But right now, it is true that uh, they don't feel probably that confidence, and uh, though this is one of the reasons Real Madrid will have their chance, and this is one of the reasons we don't see. Barcelona in the final right now, despite uh, winning most of the of the of the classes during the season. And you talked about uh, to finish the to finish the things about Barcelona. Uh, you talked about Corey Higgins. So is his yeah. uh, you know Corey Higgins' absence is uh, was one of the things that, at least my opinion, really visibly affected Barcelona's offense. Every time that Barcelona yeah. had an offensive problem, and I was watching a, a team uh, you know uh, pushing them when it comes to the defensive part. Uh, I was remembering what if Corey Higgins was in. Do you think that his return is a game changer, even though he may not be, you know, a hundred percent ready? Of course. Well, we have to say that it is true that Barcelona missed Corey Higgins, especially in offense, during uh, most part of the season. But we also, uh, I think, we all agree that probably La Provitola or Dante Exum wouldn't be as important as they are now without that injury from Corey Higgins. But that Exum, maybe he wouldn't have arrived. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. He wouldn't be a, a Barcelona player without that injury. And right now, uh, I remember that that when they faced Real Madrid in the ACB, uh, we see, we thought, well, maybe this guy won't continue. But somehow he adapted to to Barcelona. Uh, he's a really important player in in uh, Sarah Jasikevicius system. So we can say that uh, in, somehow. Barcelona was benefited by that injury. But of course, if you are talking about a final four, if you are talking about making clutch plays in in the very right in the in the moment of the season, you have to believe that um, Cody Higgins must be in the best shape to to carry the team. Uh, we saw him uh, making that shot last season in the semifinal. So yeah, I, I don't see him playing at the best level. Of course, Barcelona will miss the, his points during the during the semifinal, but you don't know, you never know. Maybe we can we can see Corey Higgins scoring 20 points in the semifinal because this guy is like that.
Alex, the, you said everything there is to say, I believe, about the Barcelona situation. Yeah. So what is Real Madrid's situation right now going into this game, into this big classico, after losing, after having so many consecutive defeats to Barcelona? I can't remember, honestly, when was the last time that Barcelona has won so many straight games against Real Madrid? And um, and I want I want to know what's uh, what's the situation for Real right now, considering that um, they had a really bad slump in the second yeah. leg of the Euroleague regular season, and that slump actually cost them uh, the second place that Olympiacos ultimately got. It didn't hurt them uh, on the long run because they made the final four, but uh, they had numerous problems in these uh, matches. They they were unable to close games. They were facing meltdowns in the last five minutes of the game. So, and uh, did the series against Maccabi Tel Aviv, you know, help them, help them overcome their problems? And uh, is it, and also, is the picture that Real showed in these games uh, a, a safe sample of uh, of any improvement? Well, first of all, Antonis, um, we have to say that if we want to remember Barcelona winning so many Clásicos, we have to go back to... Ettore Messina's era, for example, but with, with Pablo Las on the bench, it's the first time that uh, Barcelona has dominated uh, with, this, uh, with this dominance, you know. So uh, it is true that uh, that dominance, I believe, affected Real Madrid because especially after the Copa del Rey final, they had that slump. Uh, they lost uh, a lot of games, especially at home. Uh, well, uh, they... they they had the, the second spot almost secure in Euroleague and they finished fourth. But they faced the, the Real Madrid they wanted. We had to face it that way because uh, obviously Real Madrid, uh, because of the way Maccabi plays, uh, wanted to face them. Uh, they didn't want FS, they didn't want uh, Monaco because of their physicality, but they wanted Maccabi. Um, so how, uh, for, for, uh, for once, I, I thought they were cheating, they went... Uh, <laughs> Telling us lies because they, they played uh, an awesome series <laughs> against Maccabi. Uh, the second game was especially... Um, uh, well, they made me remember that uh, Pablo Lasso uh, style that uh, we used to, to, to see in Euroleague for uh, almost a decade. So somehow it helped a lot. Uh, they had all the travels with the team, all the travels with, uh, with the players, uh, guys coming out, we all know. What I'm talking about? Yeah, Trey, don't uh, to Martel. No need. No yeah, need. exactly. These yeah. guys are out of the roster right now. And uh, I, I was telling you about it. They are not uh, even on the official roster of the SCP website. Yeah, Tompkins. I think he went to a game in, in Sevilla, but uh, we can't count it because he didn't play and and so on. Um, what I was saying is uh, somehow they changed the mentality during that playoff. Uh, uh, during the, that playoff series, they. Uh, I think they had in mind that if, if they could make it to the final four, uh, all things will be more or less uh, the way it was before uh, uh, that slam. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, right now, as I told you before, they are in a nine-game streak, winning uh, almost they can in the ACB league, also that three games in, in the Euroleague. So they feel they can win Barcelona. Um, let's see. Uh, we were talking before this uh, this post- podcast started that maybe also this can be the last dance, right, Antonis? 
Yeah, the last dance for Real Madrid. That's a players like uh, Sergio Yul. Because let's face it, this this uh, Real team has uh, veterans, and uh, some uh, some players are veterans. They are celebrated veterans like uh, Sergio Yul. But uh, to be honest, here uh, the Sergio Yul may not uh, like what what I'll say. But uh, over the last couple, the last one two seasons, we have seen more bad games from Sergio Yul than good games. And that's that's the, the the cold hard truth. That's the honest truth. Uh, of course, he's still a player who can you know he can step up in the final four and play like uh, like, like he did in like the playoffs, game. right? But but right. that's the truth. I mean, he's not shooting the ball well, and uh, of course he can step up. Uh, he can he can play amazing, and so can uh, Rudy. But you know, Alex, regarding this thing, while the guards of Barcelona low have some problems, I mean, only Nigel Williams goes. Is yeah. uh, is a younger body, a younger player who is a rookie in the final four, and we don't know if he will have to to carry a certain weight in the absence of um, of Tom Artel. So, Israel Madrid, this is what I'm I'm really 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 want to know from you. Israel Madrid going to go like uh, they went in the regular season, relying more on the big guys because on the other hand we have Eddie Tavares, we have a Sampoare, we have uh, Anthony Randolph who is not the Anthony Randolph of old, but. Yeah. He's still a considerable force if if he plays at his best. There's also Gerson Yabuzele, uh, who had a, a great season with Real. So are we going to see Real, you know, putting the pressure on Barcelona with the big guys? Well, uh, I think we can all agree, especially talking about the centers, that Real Madrid has the best big big guys in, in the Euroleague. But uh, when they face Barcelona, uh, they usually struggle uh, because Saras wants uh, Celtic Sanli and and Brandon Davis to play uh, away from the from the basket, and they suffer a lot when they are not in the paint. And so Eddie Tavares, like... Ratu, and Eddie Tavares and Vesapuare are exactly the, the opposite. They have no mid range yeah. outside game. Yeah, exactly. So uh, they can be a, a force in the in the defensive uh, area. That's where they usually dominate. <laughs> we we see them playing uh, amazing defense during the, for example, in the in the Maccabi. Uh, playoff matchup, uh, we saw Vincent Porin dominating the paint against guys who are really physical. But uh, Barcelona has different guys, so uh, let's see if uh, Pablo Lasso can can manage that. Uh, I have to say that I asked um, uh, Gabi Deck. I knew he <laughs> won't give me the tactics, but uh, <laughs> I, I asked him uh, if they were like if they had an ace up uh, in their sleeve or something. To, to really uh, change the game against Barcelona. I remember Real Madrid playing in Milan uh, in the it's 2000, 2015, 2014, right? Yeah, the 2014. Final four in Barcelona. Yeah, I remember uh, Pablo Lasso using a, a box and Sergio Rodriguez defending one on one Juan Carlos Navarro. So they went in a mixed zone, and it was uh, quite crazy the way they dominate the game. So I guess uh, Pablo Lasso will try to will try to make a different adjustment against the big guys of Barcelona. And uh, I see, for example, Yabuselli playing as a, a five during that semifinal, and then the, everything will change if they play the final. Yabuselli as a five. Yeah, well, actually, I, I can see. You it. know, if, I, if I'm if I'm Sertak Sanli and Yabuselli is playing, Yabuselli is a very 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 strong guy. But if I'm Sertak, Sertak Sanli and Yabuzele plays me, I, I'll post him up uh, again, again, yeah. again, again, again. <laughs> so yeah, but Real Madrid will have to risk if they can, if they want to beat a Barcelona 
because they are so solid when they play against the the big guys from Real. And you know, the, the, and the troubling thing about the, the the thing that Real has also to see is that um, uh, Barcelona. I, I don't. I'm not seeing. Uh, I'm not seeing. You know, uh, Real Madrid double teaming on any. No, 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 no. I don't see it. Barcelona. I don't see it because uh, uh, Barcelona can hurt a lot uh, shooting threes. They, uh, and I they can all pass. They, and they can all pass the ball. Yeah, yeah. They have like uh, always th- five players on the court and can shoot from the outside. So I guess they they want to be. They, they don't want to have that that risk with, uh, for example, La Provito, who is playing amazingly when he faces Real. Uh, shooting and scoring 25, for example. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, uh, we're going to see how how things, you know, usually coaches in this kind of season, the final force uh, always manage to, to surprise us. They have, uh, you know... Yeah, and Lasso, Lasso is that kind of guy. Yeah, we may see because, uh, honestly, right now in, the, in this uh, EuroLeague system of the last couple of seasons, all teams play against each other. They have a very good idea of uh, how the other team uh, plays. The, the, the teams also play more games, so the, the coaches can also have more scouting material from these teams. And uh, they have, uh, you know, on one hand, there are no secrets between the teams, but on the on the other hand, coaches have to, to find a way to make a difference in that way, to pull out a tactic that may surprise the opposing coach, you know, to, to, to catch him uh, off guard, perhaps. So, so we never know. Speaking of things that surprised us in the final four, we have seen guys and girls over the last couple of years, many players emerging as unlikely heroes, perhaps in the final four. For example, was Sir Taxanli for uh, Barcelona, for FS, sorry, last, uh, last season, it was Fabian <laughs> 2018 for Real Madrid, it was Costas Papanicolaou back in 2012 final four, in 2014 uh, final four, it was Alex Tayus. For Maccabi Tel Aviv, I'm talking about players who were who are really good players, but they weren't, you know, considered like these guys are going to be the go-to guys for the teams. So I have to ask each and each and every one of you. <coughs> I'm going to begin with you, Adigoni. Who do you believe that uh, it will can emerge as an unsung, unlikely hero in this final four? Okay, it might sound a bit uh, like an unpopular opinion there. But I have faith in Sakil Makisic, and I'll tell you why. So sorry to interrupt you, because basically, uh, since I'm asking this, I'm basically asking you to give me your prediction for the champion. So <laughs> that's it. Okay. Well, I, I will I will justify that. Um, obviously, uh, with Makisic, I I believe that Olympiakos can go there, can go to the championship game, uh, and chances are. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to make predictions. Actually, it's uh, you don't. I've never, you know. But that was what we agreed. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know what? What I realized uh, through our talk today was that uh, Olympiakos is at a phase, a team phase that no other team in the final four is at. Olympiakos has. Uh, has went to their first final four in the post Spanulis era. Yeah, they yeah, are. Yeah. They have some veterans on the team, but they have also the new guys, the the guys that want to get this final four experience. And if you think about FS, Real, and Barcelona, they're all teams that are 
kind of shifting to a different stage, especially RAL and FS. So with that being said, not only because I like a good underdog story, but because of that uh, change of phase, I think that Olympiacos can, uh, can go there, can go as far as the final and lifting the trophy. And with Shaquille McKissick stepping up, uh, the way he did in game five against Monaco, actually, um, I, I guess it wasn't unexpected, but uh, he wasn't really into his uh, usual self throughout the series. And he really had a good impact in that game. Well, well Antigone, use the word underdog to refer to Olympiacos, man. <laughs> yeah, know, Final I mean, I mean, come on, guys. Uh, is, is there any of you who doesn't believe that Olympiacos is the final for underdog? Uh, well, probably they are. Uh, yeah, they are the the fourth team in. If we rank them, they are probably the fourth favorite. They team. are definitely the underdogs. Come on, guys, and uh, I see what the going to say about. What, what I mean is, there's no underdog in a final four. Point. They all deserve to be. Right. All deserve so you're going to tell me that 2012 Olympiacos wasn't the underdog? Come on. Well, that's different. That's different. Okay. 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 Uh, I regret my words. Okay, <laughs> that, that, that was a unique situation. That was a big surprise. That was, uh, I mean, even uh, that was a, a very special thing of a season that Olympiacos. But anyway, I can see what Adigoni, uh, what you are saying uh, about uh, and about McKissick. Uh, but you know, if McKissick is the hero, who's going to be the final for MVP for if Olympiacos gets it? McKissick. I think I think I will go with uh, Sasha Vajenkov uh, for that. Wow, Sasa Vezekov. Sasa Vezekov keep uh, con to continue shouting, uh, shutting down doubters because you know Sasa Vezekov went from uh, uh, had had a, uh, quite a journey. I mean, he went from one of the best European prospects before he joined Barcelona. Uh, the situation in Barcelona didn't work out for so many reasons, and it was like his career. It was very early, but it was like his career was at the crossroad that uh, he totally because and he. He's, play, he's now playing truly like the guy who was one of the best European prospects when he was, uh, when he was young. Uh, Alex, you have some thoughts on the matter? Not Vezekov specifically, but the final four. Uh, talking about favorites, talking about winners. With, uh, winners uh, you're right? going to give me a prediction. I, I, I don't care what team you pick, you, what's your final four MVP or your unlikely hero, but I want a prediction. Okay. Um... I'm going with FS Real Madrid as final. FS winning it all. FS. Yeah, I see them going back to back, and in this uh, well, big dominance they had in, in Euroleague from 2020. And um, well, let's see. I think uh, a guy who come step who can step up, and we show him playing great basketball this year is Adrian Merman, and the MVP will be one of the two crazy guys, uh, you know, Michich or Larkin. That's it. I can't, you can't pick between Larkin and Michich. It's too, too difficult. Yeah, well, uh, they both had great finals last season. Yeah. Uh, that's for sure. And uh, they played in a way that uh, that was really hard for Barcelona to defend. I mean, they were, they were slashing their way to the basket all the time, winning fouls, winning fouls, winning fouls. And I remember also Sergius complaining about it. In the post-game presser and saying that maybe we're going to change things next season. So I'm wondering if Barcelona's uh, <laughs> if Barcelona's playbook this season will be try try to win as many fouls as possible. Well, they have the the, the players with the quality to do so. 
But uh, anyway, Buddha, uh, I'm guessing you are you are voting for for FS as well. <laughs> uh, of course, I'm going to make my fellow citizen uh, Agenatama proud with my predictions. <laughs> uh, I'm also agreeing with Alex. Uh, I'm going. I think there will be a finals game between between Real Madrid and Anadolu Efes. So Ataman won't be happy, man. Ataman wants yeah. to face Barcelona. Ataman <laughs> scouting booth has gone to waste completely. I mean, uh, he's just going to be prepared for uh, Sertak Sanli. I know the guy, I know how to beat him, but uh, Edith Tavares will appear. Wow, you think, Sertak? Is that you? Is something like that? Uh, uh, you know, I think he will be happy once he put his hands to trophy, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, my uh, surprise player is different than Alex. Of course, Adrian Moerman is a huge part for FS, especially Chris Singleton was not uh, playing so good this year. Uh, but uh, I think Tibor Plyce and James Anderson are going to be difference makers for FS because they need James Anderson's presence, especially on the defense. Uh, a physical forward who can, you know, put pressure on the guards. And Tibor Pelage with, with his shooting, uh, like Sertacana did last year, he can create a lot of spaces to ultimate combo, Larkin and Mitic. And MVP will be uh, Larkin, in my opinion. And James Anderson, you know, uh, he maybe he's an underestimated part of FS because he provides something that most FS players cannot physically. I can't, I can't tell you how much FS... Uh, board, FS coaching staff uh, credits to James Anderson. They like him so much. Uh, they see him as an ultimate professional. So I think this Final Four will be a chance for him to show his skills in both ends of the floor. Because uh, let's face it, FS is many things, but I wouldn't call them a physical team. I wouldn't yes. call them a strong team. I mean, uh, I wouldn't call them soft either, but it's possible that it's the least physical out of all Final Four teams, they don't have the players to play this, well, uh, this kind well, of game. Well, I remember what uh, Mitty told us in, in the interview. He, they didn't want to face um, uh, Monaco because of their physicality. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And they have to, uh, yeah. Uh, Monaco would be, honestly, Monaco would be a real mind boggling matchup for FS. I mean, Monaco was a, a mind boggling matchup for any team because so many players who play one on one, who can slash the way with the basket, who can uh, hit you with individual actions, that it's always hard to defend against these kind of teams. And uh, we saw how competitive they were against Olympiacos. I mean, they were one to play, one to play away from the final four, basically. That's it. So, um, Okay, I'm going to give my predictions as well. I'm going also to go with the, the underdog with uh, Olivia Kos, and I also believe that Costas Lucas, uh, Costas Lucas has awaited for this kind of final for his whole career. What do I mean by that? I mean that yes, Costas Lucas is a veteran of final fours. He has played to the, so many final fours with Olivia Kos, with Fenerbahce, and won titles with both of them. But this is the final four that he plays as the leader. Of uh, not the captain, the captain is your This is the leader of Olympiacos. So and he's the go to guy of Olympiacos. He was important uh, on Fenerbahce, but he wasn't the go to guy, the leader of Fenerbahce, at least in the final fours. Someone else was uh, maybe uh, a step above him uh, in, the, in the Fenerbahce. So uh, in the Fenerbahce lineups, when it comes to responsibilities, taking action, etc. 
especially in the final fours. So I think this is a final four that uh, it's it's really special and unique for Costas Lucas. And when it comes to to the game, uh, to the X factor, I'm going to go perhaps with someone who may not be unlikely after the playoffs he had. But if Olympiacos goes all the way, then it must mean that uh, someone stopped the Saint Larkin and Vasilya Miti to duo, and this someone uh, will be or would be or will be. I don't know. Thomas woke up. It's simple math for me. Yeah. If there's someone that has to do this job, the best guy that uh, for this job is Thomas woke up. And DFS, if if Olympiacos manages to at least contain this action of uh, Larkin and Mitch, it's to a degree that it will lead to to a win. Then Thomas woke up will will definitely play his part in it. And that's it for our guys. Final guys, good good for a minute, Antonis. Dude, did dude. you see what I did? Uh, the Greek guys voted for the Greek team. The Turkish guy voted for the Turk, the Turkish team. But uh, as two teams from Spain are yeah, facing, yeah, you, you, <laughs> you're 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 our token impartial guy. You have yeah, to present man. a guy to to be shown as impartial. So you play that role, Alex. You are <laughs> our impartial guy. We have you. You know, you have to speak. Uh, oh no, I'm not. I'm not uh, rooting for the Spanish teams. I'm not saying that. You know, okay, we did our part. Buda did his part. We jinxed it. So, we jinxed it, maybe, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so all the blame will go to you, Alex. <laughs> thank you for this. Anyway, guys, uh, thank you, Alex. Uh, uh, I don't know if uh, I'm going to be seeing you in the final four. Uh, no, I'll, I, I will be here. The the Alex from the Spanish edition will be there. Okay, Alex uh, Molina. Uh, so yeah. crowd, Alex Molina in the in the Euroleague uh, Final Four uh, from uh, from Spain, to representing Spain. And uh, well, that's it for our pre-final for uh, Eurohoop Pod, our official podcast. We will uh, likely, very likely, do another one after the tournament to talk about what we watched on the tournament, about uh, the winners, the MVP. And uh, what does the future hold potentially for these teams? Because, you know, sometimes the future of some teams is shaped through the Final Four. You don't know. There, there, there are things happening in the Final Four that uh, change the course that the teams perhaps had in plan before the Final Four. You don't know what happens. So, Adigoni Zahari, thank you very much. Bura Uzar. Thank you. Thank you. Alex thank Matic, you. thank you. Gracias, guys. Good and, luck in the uh, Final Four. From Good you luck, guys. and uh, Anton Strogilakis, yours truly. This was the pre-final four. Euroleague fans, enjoy the final four this upcoming Thursday and uh, Saturday. Uh, uniquely, as we said, uh, usually it's it's uh, Friday and Sunday, but now it's Thursday and uh, Saturday in Belgrade, uh, Serbia. I don't know. Uh, check out what uh, check out Euroleague TV. Check out which uh, local uh, TV channel uh, shows it and. Uh, or if you if you have already booked uh, your tickets to Belgrade, Serbia, then uh, that's very well. Enjoy the tournament up close, the first Euroleague tournament after 2019 with fan presence in a sold crowd, in a sold out Stark Arena. Thank you, everyone. Enjoy the Final Four and stay safe. Good night. Thank you.